What's up, guys? Josh here with Sushi and Coffee Podcast. So I'm actually driving right now and uh, talking into my phone because this is a topic that I wanted to hit on, and it's about the like culture, okay? Um, it's one that I guess I'm putting out there to challenge, especially the younger generations to listen to, because I know that they are a part of this culture with social media and this, the like and the follows and all that and how we're influenced by that. But I wanted to give kind of my personal exposition on this like culture, my own personal experience as well as I have an experience in it, especially in its infancy because of my own personal presence. Um, on social media and websites. So for you guys that don't know or aren't aware, back in the day, in a, another life, I was a part of the fitness industry. And my getting involved in the fitness industry derived from a popularity and a following that I had on a very popular website these days called bodybuilding.com. And bodybuilding.com developed this um, kind of social subside of their website called BodySpace. And body space was a place where you could put up your progress pics and things like that. And people could come and view your pictures and they could comment and things like that. So it was kind of this replica of my space, um, but for bodybuilding and fitness. So I learned a lot when it came to uh, bodybuilding and fitness just from bodybuilding.com in general. I was a forum nut. I read a lot of stuff. I got motivated and inspired as well by people that were part of this uh, website, but I found a following on BodySpace, and what had happened was, was when I joined BodySpace, I think they had around like 25,000 people on that website altogether, and I believe it grew up to around 50,000 um, by the time I, I had gotten to the, the height of my, quote, popularity on BodySpace, but the point of me saying this is, is um, I was one of the top six most inspirational people on bodyspace.com for the span of almost a year. And I want to let you know the work that it entailed to keep that up and what, what I guess uh, qualified you to be a inspirational person was, was it was the amount of views on your profile. And a view basically was a person going and actually clicking your picture and just spending any amount of time on your profile. So that constituted as a view, kind of like what a like is, what a follow and all that is. And I was able to generate, because of my build and look, the most, one of the top six popular profiles on bodyspace.com. What had happened was, was I would find myself day in and day out watching my profile. So maybe at like 8 a.m. I started off maybe at the at number two and then I would put up a brand new pick and that would draw people to click it and I would move me to number one. But then I would take a break and then by the end of the day or the next day I dropped down to number six. And people were basically just living on the website, putting up new pictures and all that, trying to just draw people there. But what it was was it was this infatuation to just get attention. And there were no filters back then. Like, there weren't. You basically put up a photo. You had to mess with lighting and stuff like that. I know it sounds goofy and weird and that I was involved in that, but I was. That was my life. And But there were no filters. 
So nowadays that the stuff that I look at and see with individuals, especially young people is, is they're all about the phones, the cameras, the filters, things to make them look a different way. And the social media sites, as we know, are just plentiful out there. And these young people, I think, want to get likes. So they put photos out there and things like that to see if people are liking it. Um, and, and they get this feeling of purpose and validation by the amount of likes they get. But the other issue that comes with that is, is when they compare themselves maybe to someone else and their photos, instead of a feeling of validation, maybe they get this feeling of um, depreciation. I guess like their their confidence and self-esteem sadly starts to dwindle. Maybe they take a photo and they put something up and it has 150 likes but they have a friend that has 700 likes. Or maybe they put a photo up and they feel good because they have 500 likes but then another photo they put up only gets 100 likes. So there's this play that goes on back and forth where the this feeling of identity and emotion is simply just found in the physical. But also on the emotional side of it as well, once again, I'm challenging young people to listen to this. And if you have a teenager or a young person that's a part of this, I, I ask that you share this with them, listen to it with them, even see if I'm, I'm making any sense here. Because I feel like adults play into it as well, right? We try to take photos with the best angle, the best lighting, the best filter, because we want to portray um, perfection. We want to portray our best on an outward fashion. What takes place, I believe, as well is, is we start to build these glass houses, okay? If people only see us at our filtered best, we don't want them to know us in any other fashion or way, okay? And that takes me back to my personal story. I remember when I walked away from the fitness industry, and shortly after my wife and I had gotten married, um, I got sick with pneumonia, and I had lost a lot of weight. And I remember that I went back to my bodybuilding.com page and I had taken a picture of myself with my shirt off after I had um, lost all this weight. And I just felt like this need to put it out there, like to put out there this false feeling of always looking and trying to be perfect. And I put my photo out there and I still had people following me and, and keeping track of me even after a few years of kind of just being absent from it. And I will never forget the comments that people made. Oh my gosh, is that the same Josh? Oh my gosh, what happened to him? Did he get sick? Did he get in an accident? He looks horrible. He looks awful. His body used to be perfect. How could he let him? It was insane, the comments. And I remember just sitting there reading it and you would think that I felt discouraged maybe, like maybe I felt bad or, or um, defeated. But God allowed me to really view it and see it from a true perspective. Like people's opinions and emotions don't validate who you are. And that was the beginning of me, I think. And my wife knows this. I really remember the I remember the day in church where I felt like I told her that God was going to start pruning this this want of physical perfection and this this drive to for fitness and things like that. I, I felt like I knew the day that he was going to start pruning that away from me. And I feel like that that was kind of an initial experience that I had where he started to allow me to look at the world in a way that I needed to look at it. And I started to even see myself in a way that he truly intended me to see myself and to operate from a, pl a place of peace and contentment in him that I never knew. And it was in that place of peace and contentment 
in him that I was able to actually start to make better decisions and discernments and judgments on even the people that I was around. Because we do seek and try to find that validity through other people. But if they're only looking at us from a topical viewpoint and the vantage point they see is just our filtered and perfect place, and we see that they're liking us because of that, what do you think their perspective of you is going to be when they see the real you? The one that isn't filtered, the one that isn't perfect, the one that doesn't have the good angle or the perfect camera. And those are the things that I think a lot of young people today battle with and deal with and they get caught up in it so much, right? It is all about this outward look, this glass house. It's just fragile. And the smallest stone that's thrown at it can destroy it. But even more so, it even brings about this anger and this frustration in us as well when people maybe get wind or start to hear about how we are as as real people or maybe they see a rough shot or a true shot of you. You know, maybe we just dedicate just a certain following of people to see us in our real form, but the masses out there that see us filtered and perfect, we don't ever want them to see that because that might hinder our, our, our likeness, the ability to like us. And I just, I ask for people listening, young people, older people, whatever, don't find your validity and, and your identity and the amount of likes that you get because of something you put out there on social media, okay? Because we can all agree and attest that the things that we see on social media is only a percentage of the truth. A lot of the times, none of it is the truth. And I even go as far as saying even just the family photos, the vacations, people might look at stuff, oh my gosh, their family looks so happy, they look so happy. But you're not knowing and witnessing all the stuff surrounding the picture. You don't know what was going on five seconds before that photo was taken. The photo was simply a moment captured in time. But I leave you with this, young people. This is my message to you. Growing up, cameras had a certain amount of, dis- of, amount of exposures that you could utilize, an amount of film that you could take a picture. So it made you think twice before you took one picture. But in that, you really, really thought about the photos you were going to take. You really thought about the moments you wanted to capture. Nowadays, I feel like that that's lost because you can take as many photos as you want and you can doctor the photos any way that you want to. And sometimes I think it's in that mindset that we devalue the moments that we capture because instead of of capturing a moment and living in a moment, we work so hard and endlessly to try to develop this falsified moment to capture, to show everyone else that isn't true. So there's a beauty in knowing and being limited in the way that we take our photos because we think twice before we take one picture. And I say this to you young people, even in the midst of your your naturalness, your nappy-headedness, your pimpleness, your dirtiness, your whateverness, your teeth that aren't sparkling white because you didn't put a filter on it, or your skin that might be blotchy and and have a, a... Um, unbalanced skin tone you're still beautiful like you're still beautiful and I'm even saying this to the guys as well like you're still beautiful maybe you have one gigantic ab instead of six or eight and I speak as a person that that knows what it's like to have both you're still beautiful don't let the world out there determine who you are what you are okay think twice before you take a photo Don't be afraid to put yourself out there to indirectly give other people permission to do the same, that you are who God created you to be. 
And don't gauge anything on the likes. Gauge on what you're putting out there. Gauge the validity and the value of what's being put out there by the source, and that is you, and you're a creation of God. So you're very valuable in God's eyes, okay? The likes don't do anything. It's like a restaurant, right? Some of the best restaurants I've eaten at are the smallest dives that a lot of people don't know about. Does that take away their value or how good they are just simply because a lot of people don't eat there? We all can attest and agree that sometimes it's just people do because of conformity, right? People follow because of conformity. It doesn't even need to mean that the product's good. So likes in all actuality, they're deceiving. And I believe they're deceiving because once again, the stuff that's being put out there isn't the true self. It's the doctored, filtered, perfect camera self. So to me, the likes mean nothing. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. God bless.